Hello and welcome to The Spill Sesh episode 17. It's me, Sejal, your host for this podcast. And this week's episode is all about my journey from being a junior college dropout to an NTU undergraduate. Uh, well, a current undergraduate. I haven't graduated yet. I'll take a shot every time I say graduate. Jesus. Okay. Anyway, so I just wanted to talk about... I've been wanting to talk about this for a long time now. Um, I know I've mentioned it here and there. It's been in a couple of my episodes. I have briefly mentioned it, but I never really went fully in-depth to why I even left JC, the impact it had on me, labeling myself as a JC dropout, and how it just affected my education route, why I am much older than my classmates, and dealing with all of that. So it's actually a very, very big part of my life, and I am surprised to myself that I haven't done an episode on this yet. So I thought this is the perfect time to do a solo episode on this Uh, topic and I posted it on my insta story the other day to ask for questions if you guys had any questions the number of dms I got a lot of them from my peers who who have also dropped out of JC and gone to poly they were like this is such an amazing topic to talk about it's great that you're talking about this I'm really really happy with the feedback I got just from the questions so I genuinely hope that you enjoy this episode Before we get into the episode proper, I want to reintroduce the Spill the Tea segment where I just spill some tea every week on my podcast. And honestly, this week, the tea that I want to spill is that I am doing great. (laughs) Um, I don't know, I feel like the last few episodes, there's always been something or the other where I just sound really down or something is off. And it's just been like that for the past month, I would say. And I was just in this really bad funk and everyone goes through life like that, but I just want to say the past few days I have been feeling amazing and I just want to document this because you know on social media I think we tend to talk about either we either talk about our highlights or we either talk about the worst shit in our life. So I want to just come in and say that yes life sucks sometimes but I am doing honestly amazing now. Like just the other day I I just texted my friends guys I'm feeling so happy and I don't know why but I love it. Like I had just worked out I ate a really healthy breakfast and I just felt amazing. I started my day, started my work. So yeah, I think the biggest attribute to me suddenly feeling really, really happy is honestly not staying in hall. So two episodes ago, I talked about me making a decision to stay at home in my back to school episode. And um, I was really worried about that because it's the first semester I haven't stayed on campus. But honestly... I have been driving to and fro. I love my long drives. With I'll just play a podcast. I'll play my music. And I'm back at home. I'm eating home food. I'm eating healthy. And I think all of that, just being surrounded by my family 24-7, honestly has been the best thing to happen to me with regards to school. And um, I'm just very grateful for that. And I just want to take a minute to appreciate them and just say that I am doing great. Sis is doing great. I feel very happy. And... I want to cherish it and I don't want to be like oh I'm I'm going to cherish it now because it's going to go away anytime soon which is technically which is um you know often what I used to say but I'm trying to change my mindset and I want to enjoy the happiness in the moment and if you're feeling really happy now big hugs if you're not feeling that great right now big hugs as well um just literally the well actually honestly the entire day I was feeling happy but then at night after dinner I wasn't feeling that great again you know the anxiety in my chest started up again so you know, it's it's a wave, it's a roller coaster of emotions, but sis is hanging in there, I'm doing good, and I really, really hope that you're doing good too. Okay, so let's get into the actual episode. 
I'm going to start out, I'm going to take you back to 2014. 2014 was the year I entered junior college. Now, I, can I see the names? I'm sure I can. Okay, so I was in secondary school. And actually, you know what? I'm not going to say the names. So I was in secondary school. I graduated secondary school in 2013. Now, after secondary school, I have always been very academically inclined. Um aka a nerd. <laughs> I still am a nerd. But um, I was always very, very studious. I was always doing very well in school. Subtle flex, but um, yeah, you know, like sis would top the class and shit for Ameth, you know, she was really good with her numbers. But um, you know, it came to a point in secondary school where I was very embarrassed of my good grades, um, which I will get into more later and how that impacted me in junior college. So, you know, I remember um Specifically, I think I was in sec four and the AMath mid-year exam results were out. And um, my beautiful, wonderful teacher was like, okay, and now in first place, like, like whoever topped the class is, and then literally everyone rolled their eyes and said, Sejal. And it wasn't even like encouraging. It was so demoralizing. And I remember I was sitting in front and I was like, please don't be me. Please don't be me. How sad is that, right? And um, it was me, and I got first in class again. And because of that continuous rolling of the eyes I got from my classmates, um, you know, and just the constant shit I got for being doing well in school, I used to feel very insecure about that. And I told my mom that year that, I, I mean, when I started JC, I was like, I don't want to be extraordinary. And I'm just going to deviate a bit from here and go back to me going to JC, and then I'll come back to that topic. So anyway, yeah, that was me in secondary school and um, I did fairly well for my O-levels and I was happy. Actually, no, when I got my O-level results, I was really, really unhappy because I didn't get six points, which is so stupid. But anyway, um, it was good enough to go into a JC and that was what I wanted. So that's another thing I want to talk about. If let's say, um, you know, I have a wide age group, uh, age range of audiences listen to this podcast so if you have siblings also who you know who are graduating secondary school and making the decision to go to JC and poly the best advice I have is to not make the same mistake I did and the mistake that I did was to only have one route in mind um, for me JC was the only route I didn't even once consider poly and it's not that I look down on poly or anything, nothing like that. It's just to me, it was like, I don't know what I want to do in life. I'm only, what, 15, 16. And um, yeah, and to go to poly, I need to have a specific course. And also just the stereotypical JC is where all the academically inclined kids go. And I'm ashamed that I even thought that way, but that is really the way I thought. So I didn't do any research on poly. Like I put a few courses in there in my... I think the top 10, I don't even remember how it went, J-P-E-S-A, I don't even know what it's called, J-P-E-S-A-E, something, something. And I put a few as my bottom few choices. And um, yeah, it was, I just put all like the top five choices as all junior college. So that was the first mistake I made. I didn't even do my research properly. I just wanted to get into a junior college because that's what society told me to do. That if, you know, you top the class, go to a JC. And I hope things have changed a bit now from when it did five years ago. But in my time, at least, I'm not trying to age myself, but it, during that time, it really was like that. And that was my first mistake. So anyway, like I said, I didn't even consider Polytechnic, so I went straight to JC. When I went to JC, now coming back to this whole extraordinary conversation, 
I wanted a rebrand. I was a very goody two shoes up till maybe sec four. Um, and um, I used to get make fun of, made fun of it a lot, especially in primary school. And um, I just, I don't know, I just was such a rule follower. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you are goody two shoes as well, honestly, it's fine. It's just, again, society makes us think that that's nerdy and bad, but I, that was probably one of my best qualities. So I was very embarrassed of myself. I didn't like the way I was. I didn't like that I was a rule follower. I didn't like that I was a smart student. So I decided to rebrand myself as a little bit of a rebel. <laughs> I know it's quite cheesy but and corny, but yes, really. And um, I decided that I told my mom, I don't want to be extraordinary anymore. So I don't want to come in first. Like I'll do well, but I won't come in like first and all. And she just looked at me and she just said, and I remember this till today, she said, if you are extraordinary, don't ever let yourself settle for anything less. And um, I didn't really understand that at the time. So I was just like, ah, whatever. It's just my mom, you know, telling me to get first in class, which wasn't the case at all. She was really telling me to live up to my potential, which I know I had. So JC hit and I wanted to be different. So this was the time where... I'm ashamed to say, like, you know, I skipped a lot of classes because, honestly, I didn't understand anything that was going on. It's not like I never studied. It's not like I never tried. I was never lazy. So this is the idea. I don't want you to think that I was lazy because I wasn't. I worked my ass off in junior college, but I just was not getting it. I did not understand anything in lecture. I would go into lecture and come out, like, completely lost even more lost than when I was in lecture. And another advice, piece of advice I have is if you took combined chemistry in secondary school, don't even think for a second that bridging works in junior college because it doesn't. I took combined um, chem bio in secondary school along with pure physics. So I took H2 physics and H2 chem. Now the teachers over there were like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. You know, there's a bridging program. So whoever took combined chem, no. It doesn't work that way. I was so lost. The bridging was like three worksheets. Again, this is five years ago. I don't know how it is now. But it was like three worksheets. So do your research on that if you know, you're know you going to decide to go to a JC based on combined chem. I do have a cousin who did that same thing and he's doing great. So it's really based on each person. But again, I didn't do my research properly. So that was another mistake I made. And uh, yeah, I just was so lost and to the point where I just gave up internally. Like, I just didn't know what the hell was going on. And then my rebellious self was coming out and I would just like, you know, go to the toilet and take really long breaks to the toilet and come back. And then like, just suddenly I had more piercings. Suddenly my skirt was getting a little shorter. I don't know, man. Like, I just went through it and JC and needless to say... I experienced failure for the first time. I was seeing E8. If if I was lucky, I would subpass. You know, I would count that as a glory if I would subpass. And I think the problem was that people around me were also failing, so I thought it was normal, which it is. I mean, for it is normal to fail in JC, but not to the extent that my friends and I were failing. And my friends were great. I love them so much. I haven't talked to them in so long, but like if they're listening, I really hope they're doing well. And my classmates were great. They were such a positive environment for me. And, you know, they were very, very uplifting. And, um, but the problem was that we were all failing together. So I didn't think it was that much of a problem until I kept 
freed me. I could never pass. I think once I got a C for my physics and that was like literally tears of joy for me because that was the only thing I had gotten above a subpass. Um, yeah, otherwise I was borderline failing everything. And, you know, coming from someone who was getting top in a class to now as the bottom in the class, you can imagine the amount of internal conflict I had in my brain of why was I failing. I was associating failure in myself with failure in my grades, which made me become a very unhappy person. And honestly, I mean, I don't want to diagnose myself at that time, but it definitely was borderline depression at that time. But I just didn't know I had it. I was a very, very sad girl. Like, I just didn't see the hope in anything. I thought I was just going to fail JC and that's it. And I didn't know what was next. I thought I was going to retain at that point. Because so in JC, um, especially in JC, I was in the retaining rate was very, very high. And again, for me, like it was never an option to fail, let alone retain. But, um, you know, all my friends were like scared of retaining. So I was like, oh shit, even I'm scared of retaining. And to be very honest, it made me feel a little bit cool, quote unquote, because I was like, oh my God, like I'm such a bad student now. Like I'm going to retain. Like you, That was the mindset I had at 17. And that was just because of the horrible backlash I felt I faced for doing well in school, which is so stupid. Now I'm 23 and looking back and like, that's honestly so stupid. But you know what? I learned and I'm sharing this on my podcast so that if you feel this way now, if you're doing well and you're making getting made fun of, screw that. Do what you have to do, babe. Like, just do well. It doesn't matter what other people think of you. So I just hope that my mistakes make you learn as well. Anyway... Where was I? I actually managed to advance. So advance is the bottom group of people who they didn't want to retain, but they also couldn't promote. So I went up to J2. And I actually remember the end of 2014, I was already thinking of going to poly. I had consulted a few teachers and um, some people were like, stay, some people said go. And um, But I guess the sign was, since I managed to make it to J2, even though I was barely making making it to J2, I thought I should just continue in JC. So that's what I did. And I think that was my wake-up call. So I kind of like suddenly changed my entire being. I didn't even care anymore about like wanting to fail and shit like that. I worked so hard those holidays. I had tuition. Now tuition for JC is expensive. And my parents invested that money in me because they believed that I could do it, although I didn't believe in myself at all. And I had tuition after tuition for like every subject. And I was studying every day of the holidays. I barely had any holidays. I was just studying every day. And I worked so hard. But it was too late. Because I just, I had to like relearn an entire year's worth of work in what, two months before J2? And it just wasn't working. But still, I went to J2. And um, within the first two months itself, I was still failing. And at this point in J2, if I'm still failing, it's obviously not a good sign because A is at the end of the year. So I was like, shit, okay. And then the decision to poly came. And actually, the person who suggested I go was my dad. And not in a fact of like, oh, you're not doing well in JC? Okay, go and drop out and go to another school. No. He made me believe and he genuinely believed that this just was not my calling. And there was somewhere else that he knew I would excel and where I would be passionate about. And this is something he always told me. 
there are two things, aptitude and attitude. Now, I have the attitude. I had the attitude to study, even though I, you know, faulted my course a little bit in J1 and I just lost track of myself. But that's okay. Everyone goes through that. But I had the attitude to study and work hard. I just didn't have the aptitude and that doesn't make me a failure. It just means I'm not meant to do this. And I'm a very um, finish line kind of person where if I start something, I have to finish it. Maybe it's the Capricorn in me. I don't know. But I have to finish. I have to make it to that finish line. So dropping out, like even the idea of dropping out made me sick because it just meant failure. It was as if I should just tattoo failure on my forehead, honestly. And um, But he, he really, really believes that there was something out there for me where I would really, really love every day of my school compared to what I was going through now. I was literally horribly unhappy in life. And I think my parents noticed the difference in their daughter from the bubbly girl to suddenly such a quiet, sad, stressed girl who just thought she was a failure. And um, finally came February, I think. So, okay, how I applied to Polly is quite... A story also so by the time I decided okay I should start applying to polys the JPSAE the basically the admissions to poly had closed all the submissions had closed and everyone had gotten in already so I was late so I was like shit okay I have to try my luck still now this is where I really like pat myself on the back for my never take no for an answer attitude so what I did was I wrote a letter I got my O-level certificate and I wrote a persuasive letter into all the police, explaining to them my situation, and I knew I wanted to apply to mass communications. How did I even know about that course is a whole other story. Basically, my mom is a MassCom alumni, and I, before I even knew what MassCom is, I was already writing a blog in JC. I didn't even know, and I was doing it for fun because I was so passionate about writing. I was already making videos on YouTube. Actually, if you go back to my channel, you will find Royal Caribbean Cruise Vlog back in like 2014, 2015. So I was doing everything that was to do with the media without knowing that that was the media. And when my mom explained to me her course, I was like, actually, this sounds like exactly what I love to do. And I didn't know that I could make a career out of it. So that's how I found NP Mascom, TP Communications, and I applied everywhere. So I wrote in a letter explaining my passion for communications and explaining my situation. And um, only one Polly got back to me. And that is Neon Poly, Mass Communications, literally the school that saved me and made me find my calling. I will forever owe where I am now to my education in Neon Poly because they really, truly shaped me to the student and to the media practitioner I am today. And I will get emotional about this because Neon Poly School of Film and Media Studies is genuinely the reason why I am as driven as I am today. So anyway, let me just tell you a little funny story about how I found out. <laughs> okay, so this is a, just a story in between, not so inspirational, nothing, which is really funny. Um, so this was, I think, March holidays, or I don't remember what it's called, but yeah, we had like a week off before our March block test. And um, I was studying with my friend in the library, and uh, we were studying for the exams because, you know, at this time, I didn't know whether I was getting into poly. There was possibly no way I was going to get in. So I was studying and then I get a phone call and it's from an unknown number. So I pick it up. Oh my God, I remember like 
this, I even remember what I was wearing. I was wearing a navy blue t-shirt um, and I was wearing black high-waisted jeans. And I remember this day so clearly. So I pick up the phone and they're like, hi, uh, we're calling from Neon Poly. And I was like, I looked at my friend, I was like, so only, okay, just a little pause. The only people who knew about my application to Poly would be like probably two people. One of my best friends, which was the friend I was studying with, and another one of my really, really good friends in JC. And then my other, you know, family, and my other best friends in other schools. That's it. Like maybe four people at the most knew about this. No one else knew. I didn't tell anyone. So I looked at him and he was like, oh my God. And I was like, yeah, it's Neon Poly. So I quickly went to a corner in the library. I couldn't even talk in the library. So I don't even remember this much a little bit. But basically they were like, we want to take you in. Let me tell you, this is not normal because I missed the deadline. But because I, I don't know, I guess they could see my passion in my letter. I didn't even need an interview. They just took me in. And let me tell you, I wish I could find that letter, actually. I should try and find it but and frame it somewhere. But I didn't know what to feel. I came back and I sat down and I was like, I'm going to Pali. Now, you have to understand that dropping out of a school and going to another school is a very big deal. Um... I mean, now I talk about it like five years later and it's barely anything. But at that time, I felt like I was the anomaly. I was not normal. So I was like, all right, I need a minute. <laughs> so I left the library, just left my books. Um, I sat down at the curb of the road and I bawled my eyes out. The first person I called was my best friends, both of my best friends, Nan and Farah. And I put them on conference call and I said, Nian Fawi called me and I was hysterically crying like I was not okay and I was like I don't I'm not brave enough to leave school like what are people gonna think and um they were just like you're fine like go this is your calling then I hung up then I called my parents and I started hysterically crying again and I was like I don't know what I'm doing with my life what do you mean I'm going to poly like I can't drop out and then I go up I wipe my tears I pack my bag and I'm like peace out to my friend I literally bought bubble teas and went home because I just needed some comfort food I did not want to study anymore I went home drank my bubble tea took a nice shower and was like what on earth is happening and um although I hadn't gotten like a proper offer offer letter and I hadn't um withdrew from the school so I was technically still a junior college student but I had an acceptance from my poly Girl, let me just tell you, this was a mess, okay? <laughs> I was so excited and I was so scared and I was just like, what is this? What is happening? So finally, um, we decided that I'm going to take it and I'm going to go to Polly. Now, the funny thing is, even though I decided this, Marsh block test was still there and I talked to my teacher about it and he was like, uh, you still got to come and take your exam because you're not officially withdrawn from the school. So I was like, what? So I literally went to my physics exam, not studying for it at all, with like three piercings. Um, and I went and I slept. <laughs> or I think I was, I started, I started trying and I was like, fuck this, I can't, I can't do it. And then I, I did like the MCQ and I was like, I really don't know anything. And then I started drawing like fashion ideas of what I could wear to Bali because, you know, we could wear our own clothes and I wasn't used to that. And let me just tell you my fashion sense at that point horrendous literally horrendous but anyway um and then I just slept and my physical teacher came to me like are you okay and I was just like yeah, yeah, yeah I'm fine um and she just like okay this girl obviously doesn't care but it's not that I didn't care I was just like I don't even know why I'm here so that was really funny because literally I didn't have to go for an exam but I was forced to 
the next day I withdrew and I was like, I'm never coming back here again. <laughs> and that's when I told my classmates that I'm leaving and they didn't believe me. They thought I was pranking them. Apparently, I'm a big prankster, but yeah, they thought I was pranking them. And um, then after that, I told them that no, guys, I'm actually leaving. And they were so sweet. They bought me balloons. They threw a little getaway, like, uh, not a getaway, a little farewell party for me during recess. Um, and it was a very, very sweet gesture from them. So that is the story of how I dropped out of junior college and how I enrolled in poly. Now I'm going to go now to the next segment of the podcast. I'm actually going to talk about my poly life, how I had to blend in being older and knowing that, you know, I'm starting at the bottom again. All right, I just took a sip of water in my throat. That was a long story, but let's get into my poly life. Alright, so I went to Neon Masscom in April of 2015, which was literally two months after I dropped out of JC that same year. I was so scared, but I was so excited. And um, I was a little bit nervous as well because I was a year older than everyone, which really, in retrospect, it doesn't matter. Age really doesn't matter. But, you know, it's the first time I'm not the same age as everyone but I remember in my orientation, I looked around and there was a girl sitting next to me and we introduced ourselves and she was from a JC too. So that immediately made me feel better because I felt like I wasn't alone. And after a while, I found out that there were a lot of people from JC that were in poly. So that made me feel welcome and that made me feel like, you know, I it's not abnormal and it's fine. People have different education routes. Now, the difficult thing about poly was that I knew that I was starting at the bottom and I thought I had put my years to waste and I won't and I think the biggest thing that really really affected me was not going to be graduating with my JC friends and having to graduate two years later now this is something that was very hard to get over and very very hard to understand that everyone has their own route I promise it 10 years down the road, it's not going to matter when you graduated. As long as you graduate, then that's good enough. But it doesn't matter which year, it doesn't matter which year your friends graduate, everyone is on their own path. And I took time to realize that I was on my own path. And I kid you not, I fell in love with school all over again. There is not a day in Bali where I hated school. Now, I'm not saying every day was rainbows and butterflies. There were days that were very stressful and I was crying in school and all my assignments and the stress from that, I, it, I've i been there. What I'm saying is that I never hated school the way I hated JC because I loved what I was studying and I loved what I was learning. So all of that not graduating with my friends kind of went out the, vid- the window the minute I was passionate about what I was doing. So this is where the quote by Steve Jobs, I say this in almost every episode and I'm going to say it again. The only way to do great work is to love what you do and if you haven't found it yet, don't settle. This is the quote that kept me going throughout my poly years and till today it keeps me going. So because I experienced failure to such a large extent in junior college in poly when I came to year one, my only goal was to do well. Was this healthy? Not really. But it really put me on track. I kind of threw that whole like rebranding myself and whatever out the window. I just wanted to be myself and I wanted to get back to where I was academically. I worked so hard like I was there to do only one thing and one thing only and that was to succeed 
and I did. <laughs> I, in my first year, did really well. And I think the best part about it was that I made amazing friends because I was myself. Not to say in JC I didn't have amazing friends, I really did, but the whole time I was trying to be someone else. But in poly, because I was so focused on doing well and I was so focused on my academics, I didn't even have time to try and rebrand myself and come up with this whole different persona. And people liked that. So people liked me being a nerd. People liked me being a studious girl. You know, they liked me being a group leader. And that was why people wanted to work with me at that time. And I wanted to work with all of them as well because, like, you know, they were like-minded people. They were all passionate and curious about this industry. So that was what happened. I joined Radio Heatwave, my CCA. I made amazing friends and family. And I found my other passion for voiceovers and hosting and radio and, you know, now this podcast. So I really owe a lot of what I do now to me and Polly. And um, yeah, three years of MassCom, best three years of my life. Now, the thing is that although, yes, I was doing well, there was a lot of baggage I had taken from junior college that carried on with me to poly which I want to talk about and I also want to talk about how I got over it because this is a very very dire thing that a lot of us go through as Singaporean students especially. I developed a fear of exams. Now I'm not talking about like I'm scared to take a test. No I was talking about a legit phobia. Like I would not be able to sleep at night. I would not be able to go to school in the morning. I would be crying the day before. I would not be able to study. And to be very honest, it's still a little bit in me even in my uni days, but it's not as bad as it was when I first went to Bali. I don't know what it was, whether it was the fact that I was thought I was going to fail, probably. Or, I don't know, I was just, I just hate it. To me, whenever I think, even now as I'm thinking about this, what I visualize is actually my secondary school and the O-level hall and us going into to sit for the examinations. Now, I don't know why I imagined that. But I guess because I don't really remember much of JC, I kind of blocked everything out. But it was pretty similar in JC as well. And I hated that. I hated that with a passion. It made me so shit scared. So even in poly, when I had like tests and exams, I was just so scared. I didn't know how to handle this fear. And this went on with me for the entire first year, I would say. And I just didn't know what to do because I knew I studied hard. It's just that I couldn't even take the paper because I was so scared. So... Year two onwards was when, I think this, honestly, there's no really process to do this. It's a mindset, and that is grades. They don't define you. They really, really don't. What I used to do was I used to tell myself, it's just a test. It's just a test. It's not going to destroy you if you don't do well. You will get up, and you will move on. And I had to come. Till today, I still do this. I just tell myself, it's just an exam. Study hard. Do your best. And then just let whatever happens, happens. Five years down the road, my grades today are not going to matter. Now, not to say don't do well, don't work hard. No, it's just don't put so much pressure on yourself for all these exams that is literally not going to matter in five years' time. Just So what my friend used to always teach me, even um, for like anything you do, seven seconds of courage. Close your eyes, count to seven, and do what you have to do that you're really, really scared of. Just face it. So that's what I would do. Close my eyes, count to seven, and then I'll open my eyes, write my name on the paper, and just go and get that bread, sis. And that's how I kind of overcame my whole fear of exams. Like I said, till today, I still have a little bit of it, especially when I'm going into a lecture theater to do a a test. I still have that, but I always kind of have to give myself that pep talk. I've been giving it for years, and you can use it too, honestly, if you're scared of exams as well. 
Just tell yourself, it's just a piece of paper. What's the worst that's going to happen if you don't do well? Okay, your grades will be affected. What's the worst that's going to happen if your grades are affected? Okay, you'll feel a bit upset. But life goes on. Your life is not all about grades. And I am honestly talking to my 17-year-old self right now. Life is not about grades. There's so much more to life. There's family, there's friendship, there's love, there's heartbreak. There's so much you're going to learn in life. Grades are just a small, teeny tiny part of it that does not define you. And I think once I started having a healthier relationship with my grades, that's when I was really excelling. And I wouldn't say excelling just in grades. I was excelling in life. I had great friends. I loved what I was learning. I loved going to school. I was hosting a lot of events. I was doing a lot of emceeing. And I was getting the dean's list every semester. And I think, although I say grades don't define you, it really doesn't. I think my proudest moment was when I won the Faculty Merit Award, which was basically like the second, um, the first was a scholarship, and then this Faculty Merit Award came below it. And I won that. And um, my parents came, and I just remember the look on their faces, and... I'll never forget that because I made them so proud and it's not because I won an award it was because I did not give up on myself and I think that was a reflection of my hard work and in the end from a JC dropout I graduated with a diploma with merit so I just want to say it's not impossible failure is really it's temporary if you're going through failure right now you're going to get out of it I did I did. I'm graduated from um, Bali. I'm in a local university now. All after being a JC dropout. If I didn't drop out of JC, I would not be in a local uni now. It's so hard for Bali students to get into a local uni. And if, like, if I were to continue and just be stubborn and be like, oh, I don't want to be a JC dropout, I literally would be like in another country right now, like trying my best to get whatever education I could because I wouldn't have failed my A-levels hands down but because I just loved what I did in poly so much and you know it was poly that helped me find out what I wanted to do I thought I wanted to do journalism but turns out it was PR and advertising for me and I wouldn't have known that if I didn't go to poly and if I didn't go to poly sorry I wouldn't have gone to poly if I didn't take that risk and I've learned that life is really about risks and nothing goes to plan. I mean, if 2020 isn't already an accurate representation that nothing goes to plan, I don't know what is. But this is really another representation that I thought I was going to graduate from JC, go to uni, get a job, get married, have kids, work in my job some more and just, you know, have a life like that, a very linear life. But no, my life went nothing like that. And now I get to share my experience with all of you and my friends and my family and just let them know that just because you failed once doesn't mean you can't pick yourself up again. Alright, now I'm going to take you through some questions I got on Instagram and telling him about this whole subject. Thank you so much for sending them in. Let's get into it. What was your subject combi in JC? Uh, (laughs) um, it was... PCMG, so H2 Physics, H2 Math, H2 Chem, H1 Geography, yeah, and um, can I just say, I had no idea what was going on in Geog at all, from the beginning till the very end of my JC experience, no idea what was going on. What made you decide to leave JC? So I talked about that earlier, but basically the deciding factor for me was that my, I was unhappy beyond belief. I was a very, very 
um, unhappy person and I think I didn't even know what mental health was at the time but honestly subconsciously I think I was putting my mental health first over what anyone would think about me and that was so important and I'm so glad I did that and now I know why I did that was really so that I would be happy and I would be passionate about what I study. Another one is from my poly friend. She said, no questions, just a reminder that I love you. I love you too, Cheryl. Another question. How did your parents react regarding the switch? This is a really good question. I am blessed with the best, is all I'm going to say. Like, they, my parents are so supportive. Now, you would think that parents would be like, what do you mean? You can't drop out of a junior college. My parents told me to drop out and find something that would make me happy. My They were my biggest cheerleaders. They came for every single um, Dean's List awards ceremony thing that I had in poly. They were my number one supporters and they were my rocks through the entire transition. I am so lucky and I'm so blessed to have two human beings who raised me to be driven and to pick myself up and to not judge me on the title I have. Do not judge me if I'm a JC dropout. And to look at the person that I am today, which is an NTU undergraduate. Another question is, do you feel like it's too late for people to switch fields, change tertiary pathways after completing a degree? People can still restart by taking A's, O's. Not at all. Basically, it is never too late to switch what you want to do, honestly. Even honestly, let's say you're doing a degree in comms now, I can easily just do something completely different because a lot of things now I feel like you can really learn on the job if you are passionate enough and you can learn on your own. There are so many skills, um, websites like Skills Future, Coursera, there are so many different websites where you can learn if you are really passionate about it like that episode i did with vivi she learned everything about marketing and pr on her own and i learned that in school so no i think it's not too late to take a complete different degree and complete different switch at any age it's your life who is who is the one deciding this timeline you know it's society society is engraved in us that we need to be married by this age etc etc and really screw all of that do whatever you want to do and the people that will be really supporting you will be cheering you all the way. And the people who don't, who cares? Uh, what song should I cover next? I don't know you. <laughs> um, You can cover Stuck With You by Ariana Grande and Justin Bieber. Another girl said, you're an inspiration. Dude, if people... I, I, I can't wrap my head around people who say that because I just think that I'm just trying to share my experience with other people so that they don't make the same mistakes I do but thank you so much if you think I'm an inspiration I think that's all I want for someone to take away from this is some sort of positivity that it's okay to not take the ordinary route as everyone else it's okay to graduate later than your peers it's fine um I'm doing my thing and they're doing theirs and everyone is on their own path and Thank you so much for saying that. That really made my day. The last question I got was, how was your transition to the local uni system with hall life and studies especially? Okay, this is a great transition to talk about university as well because I did want to talk about that. I did get a question from one of my previous episodes to talk about tips on starting university. So my transition from JC to poly to uni 
I think university is very similar to JC with a hint of poly. And um, so because I have experienced both, I think my transition to a local university was not that bad because I already knew what to expect. I knew that um, it was going to be very, very theory-based, very, very textbook-driven, even though I was doing communications. Whereas in poly, communications was very hands-on. So I knew what I was getting into, but I will honestly say my transition into university in the first year was terrible. I have no friends. I have like two friends, which I still have those same two friends, which I love them so much. Um, you know who you are. Yeah, I truly had no friends. And um, I, hall life was horrible. I think I talked about it previously as well. Basically, I had to move out of my hall because of loneliness and racism that I faced. And I would cry every day in hall because I was so alone. I would come home and be completely like a different person. And I just was on a completely different planet. So my first year of university was not great. I felt like I was repeating a lot of things from poly. I didn't feel like I was learning anything. I was regretting not going overseas and all these thoughts. And I really regret. It was a lot of regret. Now, I'm someone who doesn't live with a lot of regret. But for some reason, in year one of uni, I was just like, what am I doing here? I'm not meant to be here. And um, I think I finally just accepted that this is where I am. I can complain for four years or I can make my own life and my friend's life easier by stop complaining and just accepting where I am and making the best of it. And that's what I did. I started bidding for modules that were a lot more up my alley and a lot more interesting. And ever since I did that, and I also like started taking up more events, like I went to MC Club, I joined my freshman orientation program, I was the co-chair. I started putting myself out there and stopped staying in my own bubble. I think that was the best thing for me to do because although it was so out of my comfort zone, now you'd be surprised. I'm a very extroverted person, but I am so shy inside. Like to do this takes a lot of courage and I just had to like, again, seven seconds of courage, close my eyes, seven seconds and just put myself out there. It was torture, but it was so worth it because I made so many friends after that and acquaintances at least. Like I have faces to say hi to when I go to school now. And um, yeah, I I made more friends. I now feel like I do belong in my university and I do, and I am here for a reason. And whatever the reason is that I didn't go overseas, that's fine. I'm going to make the best of it now. So yeah, that was my transition. Wasn't great, but I just turned it into my own favor and worked really hard and just did what I have to do to succeed and survive, really. Honestly, so the, I want to also just adding on to this question, I want to add on some tips for starting university because I know a lot of you have started uni or are going back to school. So these are just a few tips from me that from a person who literally had the worst first year of university ever. I think the first thing is don't listen to people who are saying, who are going to say, oh my God, university was the best years of my life. Um, it will be yours too. Don't believe them. The same way that I'm saying, oh, you know, me and Polly was the best three years of my life. If you're going to Polly, don't expect it to be the best three years of your life. It may be, but it also may not be. It's different for everyone. This is the first piece of advice. Don't think university is going to be all that. Go in with no expectations. Not that you should never, like you should think about it negatively, but just don't have any expectations. Just go in, see what's out there. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. You don't have to keep comparing yourself to everyone out there and everyone's journey out there secondly stay on top of your work 
there is no such thing as a honeymoon period. Now, people in universities, obviously, you know, it's a new environment. If you're out of JC slash poly and um, you're ready to like make new friends, join clubs, do all of that. Definitely do all of that. But don't let your work slack because once university starts, there's no stopping. There's no break. You have to start from the first week itself. And it's never too late to start now. Like, just really get on top of your work. Organize yourself. Have deadlines in check. Don't be late for your deadlines. Don't do that. And, um, yeah, just stay on top of your work. Another tip I have is to join clubs. Now, this is ties in with the second point. Definitely join something. Even if it's a small, small club, join something that will take your mind off studies for a bit because, trust me, you will need it. Otherwise, you're going to go mad. Also. Talking about hall, back to that question, my biggest tip, there isn't a need to stay in hall. Hall life is not everything. I didn't have hall life. Let me break it to you. It doesn't happen for everyone. I know you see all the Insta stories. Oh my God, we have hall life. And like, oh my God, I have so many friends in hall. And then we have like supper every day. No, that doesn't happen for everyone. It didn't happen for me. So you don't have to stay in hall to have a great life in university. Although it is great because of the distance and you stay really far away. And if you have a couple of friends, great. You don't need like 30 friends in hall. You need like four <laughs> and you're good to go. So don't be so stressed about having to stay in hall and hall culture. You're fine. Find your passion is another thing I would say. And take your time with this. Just because you're doing a degree in something doesn't mean you're passionate about it. And this is something I'm going to be talking about in my next episode with a very special guest. Find your passion, whether it is in your degree or outside your degree. You don't have, like, you just have something in your life that you're passionate about. Whether it's a podcast, you may be studying maybe engineering, but you have, a, you have an interest in a podcast. That's your passion. Do it. Find something that makes you happy, whether or not it's related to your degree or not. And trust me, it will really, really take you far. So those are my tips for starting uni. Oh, there was another question I got I want to address. Okay. Hi, Sejal. Can you talk about how a lot of times in poly, other people are kind of responsible for your grades and how you've dealt with that? Like, you know, how your groupmates can affect your grades. That's a very good question. Now, whether you're in uni or whether you're in poly, group work is a very, very important part of your school and your grades, essentially. Um, the best advice I can do give you for group work is do your work <laughs> don't be a slacker do not be a freeloader like just don't do that it's so annoying now you will have to deal with people like that whether you are someone like that i please go and pull up your socks and don't be like that anymore and if you're not and you have to deal with people like that sometimes you just have to suck it up and you have to have a talk with them now I know some people don't like confrontation, but sometimes it's necessary. And confrontation doesn't have to be some, some dramatic, like, fight. Just genuinely talk to the person like, hey, I really appreciate if you, you know, put in more effort to the group because it's not looking good for you right now. And if that doesn't work, if a friendly conversation doesn't work, then you got to just pull in your other group mates, pull up the weight, and then peer evaluate. And I know peer evaluation, again, is something that we would really like to avoid just because, you know, it makes bad blood. But you know what? If after every single attempt of trying to talk to that person, you really can't, and peer evaluation will be your last result. And um, that's why it's, good. it's a good thing that it's in place, but it just sucks. But if you want to handle it cordially, I would really suggest just having a conversation with them. And if really nothing happens, if you don't want to peer evaluate, don't even waste your time. Just work on it and do your best and get your other groupmates on board and just give it all your all. A few other things I want to talk about in poly was just 
being able to also be on my own. And I think that was something that was very important because I was so stressed about not having friends and everything. I learned to be a, the art of eating alone in Polly. And it's completely fine. People would look at me so weird. I would have my YouTube, my earpiece, my um, whatever food I was eating. I don't remember what I used to like. But like, I would just have that. And I would sit and eat by myself. And that was great. It was fine. So I just want to tell you, if you're sitting alone and eating, I do this in uni all the time too. You're not a loser. You are just normal. So I just want to break that stigma around eating alone. If you have any other questions regarding this, you want me to do a part two? please leave them in my DMs. You can follow me at The Spill Session with Sage or my main account at SageLXX. We can have a conversation, any more advice that you need about Poly Uni or JC and I probably will do an episode on the media industry itself and how to, you know, to get internships and stuff like that in another episode. But for now, that's probably, that is my story on how I dropped out of JC and worked my way up after that. I think the biggest thing I want you to take away from this when you're listening to this episode, you are on your own journey. Your friend is on their own journey. Don't compare your chapter 1 to someone's chapter 10. That is some quote that I remember hearing in another podcast. It is so true. I think I'm constantly scared that I'm going to graduate at 25 and I'm not going to be at the same level as my friends. But you know what? So what? So what? This is my life. Instead of being worried about 25, I think I should get be worried about 23, which is now, and how I'm doing now. I'm proud of myself. At 23, I may not have a degree yet, but I have a podcast, I have a YouTube channel, and I am doing relatively well in school. I have great friends, I have great family. I'm doing okay. I don't need all these different titles to define my worth. And I think that is something that I really want you to take away as well. School is school. Education is so important and we're so blessed that we even have an education to begin with. So don't try not to hate school, whichever level you're in, whichever academic institution you're in. You are lucky and you are blessed to be educated. Just find something that you want to be educated about. Find something that you're passionate about. Let me, when you're passionate about something, it changes the entire game. Trust me on that. So if you're not passionate about something now, Stay tuned to next week's episode because we're going to talk a lot more about that with my guest. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Find your passion. Tell me what your passion is. DM me. I really enjoyed this episode and telling you my story about being a dropout and how I managed to get back on my feet. I will tune in with you next week for the next episode every Monday. This will sesh with Sage. Bye!